0: All right, so this is the uh, Appendix A. Side note, for everyone noticing the difference in sound quality and whatnot, yeah, I forgot the fan on again. And uh, we're just going to have to deal with it (laughs) because I'm not going to reread this until I actually do a professional quality of it. Remember, this is free. And um, there should be, in a sense, a price to free. And it shouldn't just be like... If you're getting it for free, you should be able to put up with certain things, right? We live in a society where even free has to be perfect, and that drives me fucking crazy. So, um, because this is free, because you don't have to pay anything, because this took me... This whole book took me a year and a half to write that I borrowed money off of people, and you know, work the odd job here and there, but really put my focus into getting this information out because I was in a state of mind back then that um, afforded me to be able to get this stuff from inside me onto the page. Um, I think there can be concessions that people accept. And one of them is, is that if it's free and if someone put their time and effort into it, don't expect it to be perfect. I think it's just a nice courtesy that you can put towards other people right if you expect it to be free, don't expect it to be perfect um I forget what one of my business partners back home says, but there's he's he's like you can have two out of three things but you can't have all three and one of them's like um cost effective um, well done and in a timely manner or something he's like you can have two of those, but you just can't have all three. All right? Because something that is worth it might take a long time, and it might cost a bunch of money. Depending on, like, doesn't matter, but you just can't have all three. So if this is for free and it's out for free, just please accept that there's going to be some issues and mistakes. But when we actually put out a, a properly polished version, who knows, I might actually still, really like, I may put the uh, replace these episodes with that, but until then, this will have to do. All right, so we're on to Appendix A. Um, here's a note about it. The following is an article I wrote on December 28, 2015, for my profile on Medium.com. It's called the Root Association Method, and it has helped me understand who I am and what I'm capable of accomplishing on this planet. I hope you enjoy it and I hope it serves you well. Good luck. A the root association met A the root association method. The purpose of this method is to help anyone overcome a traumatic experience simply by taking the event that happened, mapping it down to its core, and then creating a new association for it. then, Doing the same with every level above it, this will soon make sense. Perhaps it's best explained with an example from my life. However, before I begin, it's important to note that while we may have different experiences on the physical plane, which I call the event, we all have the same opportunity to create how we feel about them on the mental plane, our world within. This means that every event we face, we mentally decide how we feel about it. This, of course, happens in an instant. And because it happens, or because it is over so fast, meaning we don't have time to evaluate what actually happened, it can completely traumatize us, especially when we are a child. Therefore, a child who has just had their teddy bear taken away, can create a story just as traumatizing as someone who has just been sexually abused. Now, I understand if this is difficult for some to accept, but who are we to judge other people's feelings? Furthermore Furthermore, while the physical world has its hierarchy of importance, the mental plane does not. You see, on the mental plane, we, the individual, play the judge and the jury of our own experiences, and therefore have the right to deem any event we experience as traumatic, regardless of societal norms. Of course, in doing so, this new experience hides like a Trojan horse. Sorry, of course, in doing so, this new experience hides like a Trojan horse within our mental plane, ready to attack whenever it gets triggered. This, of course, continues forever, that is, until we actually deal with it. The story we created, not the actual event. And because most people are kept busy with their daily lives, they rarely take the time to look within and see the real issue. That they've simply attached a traumatic issue or sorry, traumatic association to a physical event, nothing more. Of course, if you can't see how each and every case of trauma is equal to the next, the rest of this method is going to be lost on you. (coughs) (coughs) The duality of events. As discussed above, there are two sides to every event, the physical side and the mental side. The physical side consists of all the physical actions that transpire just before, during, and after an event. In the case of the small child and teddy bear, the physical actions are, parents walk over to child, child clings tight to bear, parents rip bear from child's hands, and walks away. Child is left alone, crying. Notice how everything is physical, without any sort of emotion attached. This is because emotion doesn't exist on the physical plane. It exists on the mental plane, the mental side of the event. It is also on the mental side that the story of the event is created. In general, the story is the meaning we associate with the trauma. This includes how we feel about the event, as well as how we view ourselves after it. In the case of the child and the teddy bear, the child of crying creates a story of of worthlessness. And while the event may be laughable to some, to the child, it's the worst thing ever. Furthermore, if left unchecked, it will traumatize them for the rest of their life. Sorry. Furthermore, if left unchecked, it will traumatize them for the rest of their life. Which, I'm certain, is a similar fate for most people on the planet. This is because... The mental side of our existence is serious business and will beat us down if we let it, which is why it's important to deal with our trauma as soon as possible, and not allow it to hide like a Trojan horse. With with that, let's get to the example from my life. This is a, a callback to the, um, I think it's probably episode Whatever, it's part two of emotions um, when I talk about the girl. In high school life, I fell in love with a girl. She was my partner in crime at school. Unfortunately, she had a pretty strict Persian um, and Russian parents who didn't want their daughter dating. So all we had was high school, and I was content with that because she was amazing. Then one day, she was gone. And I mean, gone, gone. I asked around, and nobody knew where she went. I finally found a mutual friend and asked him if he knew anything. He said he'd get back to me the next day. He let me know that she had been pulled out of school. I was crushed. Not only was she gone, but I was-but I never had a chance to say- goodbye. Now, we're talking about nineteen ninety four here this meant no internet or smartphones. For the most part, multiple phone lines were just becoming a thing, predating caller ID by years. This also meant no social media. And because I didn't know what school she was in, I couldn't go see her. Worse, I didn't know where she lived. So in my mind, she literally vanished. Let's just say I was more than devastated about her disappearance. So much that, until I used this very technique, I had difficulty saying goodbye to anyone, be it someone I just met, or someone I knew for my entire life. This event rocked me so much that I simply became detached to the world because, fuck it, they're just going to leave anyway, right? The thing is, this statement is absolutely true for everyone. People come and go all the time, whether we want them or not. Even long loss or lifelong marriages end with either a husband or wife passing on first. Everyone leaves. And there's nothing we can do about it. It just happens. Now, there are two ways to look at this. On the physical side, people leave. It's natural. However, on the mental side, the one that stores our emotions and the one that builds our attachments, well, we simply cannot deal. Therefore, instead of seeing the event as black and white, it consoles us with a story. And it happens all the time. If you think about it, how often do we encounter a traumatic event where someone says, it's not your fault? It is here that the biggest damage is done. Instead of looking at it the, at the event objectively, we look at it subjectively. By doing so, we allow ourselves to become a victim And while this may sound harsh, because there are some true victims on the planet, the majority of our trauma, or sorry, the majority of our traumas are actually avoidable, including mine. Note, if you were to map out an event back to its catalyst, you'd actually see where it is avoidable. However, it takes a strong person to do this, and it means taking responsibility for the story they created. Unfortunately, not everyone is up for that task. The event, and while I'm sure there is more to the story than the following, this is what I know. The reason she transferred school was because she was uh, falling behind. You see, she went. We went to a high school that allowed us to work at our own pace, and because we spent so much time together, we both neglected our schoolwork. So, her parents became worried and pulled her out. Now, because she wasn't allowed to have boys calling her house, remember, strict parents, I didn't have her number and alone her home address. Sorry, let alone her home... I didn't have her number, let alone her home address. And with social media still a decade away, I had no possible way to communicate with her. Of course, being 14, At the time, I didn't have the mental fortitude to handle it, so I made up a story that everyone leaves. When really, all that happened was that she was pulled out of school. Unfortunately, every relationship since then has suffered greatly. All because I had it in my head that because they were going to leave... Sorry, unfortunately, every relationship since then has suffered greatly. All because I had it in my head that they were going to leave. Because of this, I also developed a habit of ev- giving everything up front. And while I don't think this is necessarily a bad habit, as we'd all be able to accomplish more in our relationships if we simply were upfront and honest with one another, I completely understand if it's difficult for some. Unfortunately. Not many people are built to be completely upfront all at once, and thus, this tactic often scares them off. But not on the first date, usually three months down the road. Of course, that's only half of the equation. When looking into my past, I found that I was always attaching myself to women that were mentally unavailable. At least to me. I guess this was my way of coping with the fact that they were just going to leave. And while we could be together physically, I was often just a rebound for them. And in some sadistic way, I was okay with it. Because fuck it. Why well, find someone you can truly connect with when they simply vanish in the morning? The girl comes back to town. In 2013, we finally reunited. And while I wish I could tell you that it was a fairy tale ending, it wasn't. Instead of falling in love, she caught me at my worst. I'm 100 times the man I used to be. Money aside, I'm mentally stronger than ever. I've also dealt with most, I'm not even gonna put all, all my childhood shit, including me and her, and have finally released my first book. For the most part, I have my shit together, But the confidence to, uh, with the confidence to match. But two years ago, when we finally reunited, it was a different story. At the time I was still being controlled by a fourteen year old boy. One who just had his heart broken. What's worst sorry, what's worse, is that I thought I had a chance with her. It wouldn't be until a year later when she came back into town that everything came crashing down. What I failed to understand about myself then was that I had built an attachment to the idea that we were soulmates. When it turns out We were complete strangers. With that realization, something within me clicked. We were able to create new associations for past traumatic events. I then began to map everything out, from the moment we met until the day I wrote my last email reaching out, at least what I can remember. And while they may have been over the top, can't change who I am. It doesn't mean I deserve to be ignored, especially if she's willing to see my sister, right? Where's the decency in that? And in that qu- in that question lies the real issue. You see, the moment I created the association that being ignored by her was indecent, I created a story. All that happened was that she didn't want to talk to me, but I built it into something more. And I did this with her my entire life. She was the girl I measured every other girl against. Thankfully the moment I realized she was a complete stranger, I was finally able to breathe. And that's when the concept for the Root Association Method came rushing in. What's crazy is that I swear it could only come to someone like me, simply because of how I operate. You see, I like to consider myself a digger. No, not in the physical sense, but more on the mental side. Another term would be divider. This is because I like to observe situations, then sort them into different categories and sections. Once broken down, I then break them these in new categories and sections into more categories and sections until I've finally broken everything down to the respective piece. This is what I call mapping and in doing so it allows me to see what everything is made of and how it works this includes the story i made up about the girl vanishing as well as every other trauma i've experienced in my 35 years of life since my first memory to, uh, sorry since my first memory to right now all right the method stage 1 mapping It was a slow process at first, simply because I was still learning the method as I went along. Eventually, it became second nature to me, much like riding a bike or tying a shoe. In the end, I was able to find all the roots, um, and there were many. Of course, the goal is to get down to the deepest root possible, which is where the new association is planted. It is also important to acknowledge the two sides of the root the physical or action side and the mental or story side. This will help you during the stages of the method. Stage 2. Reasoning with your younger selves. Once at the root, you then imagine yourself sitting with the creator of the original story. For me, this was my 14-year-old self. It is important to note that we explain what happened to them on their level. Not from the understanding of life we have today. The key is to explain to the creator that there are two sides the actions sorry, the actions that happened in the story we made up. We explain that there is nothing we can do about the the actions they happened and we can't change them. But we can change the story. Apologies guys, I just went through just some crazy thoughts in my head and realized just now that I was reading this out. I'm not going to go back over that. You can read this on, you can read this in the book. You can read this pretty much anywhere. So, um, yeah, let's go into stage three, a new association. This is one of the most important steps here because this is where the new associations or the new association is created. Not only with, uh, not with who you are today, but with the originator of the story. For me, the association I had to get across to my 14-year-old self was that it is okay for people to leave, regardless of why. And that it's important to stay in the moment with those currently with me, and wish them well when they eventually leave, or I leave them. But before that can happen, a very important step needs, uh, needs to be taken. Letting go. Step. Letting go. In order to begin the process of healing from the inside out, we first have to be willing to let the, associate, the old association go. This, for the most part, is the most difficult step in the entire method, simply because we as a species have yet to fully understand why we struggle with loss in the first place. And while the reason for our lack of understanding around the idea of loss can be explained in several different ways, the best way I can describe it is by introducing the concept of silver cords, which I learned from a video during my education phase. Is these cords, when severed, de- when severed, that cause us to feel loss. So how do they work? It is actually quite simple. Every time we engage with something, be it a human, object, or even a thought, emotion, a small silver cord is attached from us to it. The more we engage, the more cords attach. The new cords wrap around the original cords, making the connection stronger. Think of it this way. Do you have a favorite article of clothing? It's probably pretty comfortable, right? And even if it's seen better days, somehow, you can't seem to throw it away. Now, one second. Now, think about an article of clothing you hardly wear, or even better, an article of clothing you borrow from a friend. Feels different, right? This is because every time you touch or put on or think about said article, it grows on silver cords, with the newest ones wrapping around the previous, starting from you and going all the way to the object. Thus, by the time the article of clothing is ready to be thrown away, our silver cords have already grown an inch or two in diameter, this unfortunately makes it harder for us to cut these cords, which is a key part of discarding anything. What causes the pain, however, is that instead of cutting these cords properly, therefore causing the least amount of damage possible, they are usually torn off. A good yet graphic comparison of this is the cutting off of a baby's umbilical cord. And while the proper method is to cut the cord, I want you to imagine it being ripped straight from the baby's belly button. Pretty painful, right? The same can be said for our silver cords. When they aren't cut properly, they are ripped out of us, thus breaking the attachment. It is this this action that causes most of our pain, simply because we don't know how to properly dispose of these silver cords. And yes, cutting these cords still hurts. It just hurts less than having them ripped out. Of course, once aware of these cords, the next step is possible. Cutting the old association free and replacing it with a new one. Thus, let's go back to the mental plane and rejoin the scene where I sat with my 14-year-old self, ready to explain what happened another key aspect comes into play. Instead of approaching the situation from your perspective, you have to address it with the logic and reasoning of the originator's age. Thus, in order for me to move on, I had to remember how I acted when I was fourteen. This of course is different for everyone. Once I was able to tap into my younger self, I explained to him that the girl he knew that he thought he knew and loved ended up being a complete stranger. We then created a new association for the root of the event, replacing the old association with a brand new seed. Once planted, we, left, we then left the scene, allowing the seed to grow by itself, as well as leaving my 14-year-old self with a new job, caretaker. And while I would still have triggers from time to time, as she'd pop up on my social media newsfeed, because I had attached this new association with the event, it was easy for me to let the old emotions go. Now, whenever I see her in my newsfeed, the old association is no longer there. I can scroll down without triggering any sort of emotion. Note, you don't have to rid yourself of every emotion tied to the event or object. You simply need to replace the old association with one that will no longer hold you back. In doing so, you will free yourself up to navigate life without the protection of your younger self. Stage 4. Healing from the Inside Out. Of course, there is one last step that needs to be addressed. Once you've planted this new seed, you then need to heal yourself from the inside out. This means that you go up from level to level, you heal each root with a new association. In doing so, you may also notice that a lot of roots stem from the original. Therefore, once the original is healed, the new association can permeate your entire system. This means that all events triggering the old association are also healed. It is why we find the deepest root as it basically starts the domino effect eventually healing everything it gets its hands on. One second. Good boy, Onyx. Good boy. You go stay in there now, okay? Good boy. Yeah, Onyx. You're a good man. might let you out in a bit. It's like I just want to take a shit. And now I'm stuck in my cage again. Wrapping it up. And while I don't have any examples of the maps I completed during my own process, I've included sample maps of my first um, of my first level, one and two, uh, figures one and two, as well as a brief description explaining each figure. which you can read in the book. Note: Once at the root, this is your chance to let it all out. Cry, get angry, yell, scream, air punch. Get all of the negative energy out. Of course do this in a safe setting. Once it's out, only then can you truly restore the root with a new positive association. Of course This is only a brief overview of the entire method. For the most part, the real breakthroughs happen when doing this with a guide. At the moment, I'm the only person doing this exact method, at least that I know of. And thus, for best results, I highly recommend contacting me. Honestly, unless we are now working together, this is off the table. I used to help as many people as possible that I could because I thought everyone deserved to have a good life. But I think just in general, and, and it's something that I've gotten over, but it, if you don't learn from your past, you'll continue to repeat everything moving forward. So I'm particular in who I help now. And most of the people that I help are just people in my network. So unless we actually start doing stuff together, I probably won't be helping you. Um, but. You can ask me questions, and that's fine. I just won't be one-on-one with you. Um, if you have questions, you can contact me on Twitter at We Are Existence, or um, I'll, uh, or or in the contact info, which is going to come when I read it in in the back. But a good place to start is um, at We Are Existence on Twitter, and and mention that you got this from the book or the recording, and. Um, Just ask me questions. I'll do my best to uh, get back to you. Um, But if you're not in my network, I probably, like, no offense, but I may or may not make it a priority. Um, And it's not to say that you're any lesser, it's just tribe has to come first for me now. I can't just take on people. Anyways, um, finishing this up, as you As for those that want to take the solar route, I wish you all the best. At any moment you feel like giving up, please contact me. As I said above, it works best with a guide. However, if you end up completing the process, I'd love to hear from you. Therefore, please click either the links above and share your experience, including any alterations needed to reach your roots and change your associations. In the end, this is your life, not mine. I've done my hard work at least up to age 35. And now I'm ready to help others do the same. Of course, I can lead you through the process, but I can't make you do it. That, my friend, is up to you. Good luck. Contact me. For those who wish to contact me, you have two options. Below is my email address, as well as my Twitter username, both of which I check daily. Email m at ruggeddiamond.com So m at r-u-g-g-e-d-d-i-a-m-o-n-d dot com and Twitter at weareexistence at w-e-a-r-e-e-x-i-s-t-e-n-c-e Lastly, please check out ruggeddiamond.com for the latest updates of my work, including new books, articles, podcasts, recordings, and dialogues. Which, I really have to update because I haven't been taking it seriously. And congratulations, that's it. That is the entire book. Thank you for following along. At some point, I'm sure that there will be a professional book um, completed. It won't be the way that you think it'll be done. It'll be part of um, the next volume to create, and um, yeah, we're going to have some fun with that. All right, well, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your time. Hope you have an amazing life, and that's it. Peace out.